you have two eyes, two ears, and one mouth. This is so because you are supposed to look and listen more than you talk. That's how the old saying goes. Meanwhile, Taljel Vesas wrote that almost nothing need be set when you have eyes. On this episode, we are looking at campaigns which, well, which frankly should be looked at rather than heard about. However, our History of Advertising podcast would feel incomplete if we didn't cover some of the visually stunning and arresting campaigns whose power lies almost entirely in the impact of the moving image. The digital age is no different to the non-digital age in the sense of visuals are visuals. Again, you've got, to, you've got to get the attention. You've got to say, oh my God, that's wonderful, that's amazing, that's horrible, that's horrifying. You've got to use superlatives to get the the person to keep his two eyes fixed on the screen or on the on the billboard as you drive past. It's not easy. The man responsible for the campaigns we will be looking at in this episode is Mr. Hugh Hudson, a multi-award-winning director, best known for films including Greystoke, The Legend of Tarzan, and, of course, The Great Chariots of Fire. Here, he recalls his first experience with cinema. First film I ever saw was at the war's end, the Second World War's end, 1945. Uh, Parents with kids of 10, I was born in 36, so I was about 10, were encouraged to go and see the wartime footage taken by the British Army when they um, relieved or evacuated the concentration camps in Germany. And they were horrific material and that was if you like it was the first experience of cinema seeing those devastating images and whether they affected me uh, my work I don't think so exactly but uh, they were they were shocking and uh, I realized how powerful imagery was um, I never forgotten that of course those images Hugh's love of film burgeoned during his school years when he would skip sports lessons in favour of trips to the high street. I used to sneak off to the cinema in the high street, and we're talking about the 50s, immediately after the war. Um, and I used to go and see these films in the afternoons until I was caught, and then I was caught again, and then I was sent away from school and told to, if I wanted to come back, I'd have to stop doing that. Anyhow... Um, I went back, uh, and I continued a little bit doing it, but I was quite more more careful, of course. By going to the cinema so much, I well, I got I thought it was a great f- way of telling stories, if you like. So I educated myself like that in cinema, and I realised that cinema was powerful. I always wanted to go into film as a career. What do the directors Ridley Scott, Spike Jones, Michael Bay? Sir Alan Parker, and David Fincher have in common. Well, each and every one of them, including many others, began their film careers by directing adverts. Hugh Hudson was no different. After working on a series of documentaries, he started working in advertising, producing and directing many commercials for Ridley Scott Associates. One of the most famous ads he directed was for Fiat. The account man, responsible for overseeing the campaign at ad agency CDP, was Sir Frank Lowe. The Fiat ad is another example of extraordinary 
combination of people. And now, Hugh is a lovely man, but I do remember him. He shot that whole thing virtually flying backwards in a helicopter about 20 feet from the cars. And he said, do you want to come up? I said, are you mad, Hugh? I don't like planes, never mind helicopters flying backwards. The ad Frank is talking about is called Handmade by Robots. Hailed by some, including famous sci-fi author J.G. Ballard, as being the best commercial ever made, the campaign film takes a seemingly mundane idea, a look at a car being made by robots, and turns it into a gorgeous visual spectacle. Off we went to shoot it at Fiat in Turin at their big factory and test track. David Ogilvy said, if your client moans and sighs, make his logo twice the size. If he should still prove refractory, show a picture of his factory. Only in the gravest cases should we show our clients' faces. So this was the first time, really, when anybody had gone in and made a hero of the factory and how they made things. The soundtrack was Rossini's The Barber of Seville, to which some suitably robotic chirps and beeps were added by future Chariots of Fire composer Vangelis. The advert showed the Fiat Strada being assembled by the Fiat factory robots. Once built, the cars weave in and out of each other in a balletic sort of dance before driving into a lorry where they are transported to car dealerships. It was an ad which shook the world, and frankly seemed to be something from a sci-fi film rather than an advert. However, pulling off something this impressive was never going to be an easy feat. The ad was filmed in Italy during the late 70s, at a time when the country was still in the throes of what became known as the Years of Bullets, when left-wing and right-wing terrorism was widespread. The team faced difficulties whilst they were trying to film the ad. They came up against the militant left-wing group, the Red Brigade. Two weeks before, whatever it was, there was a big trouble with the Red Brigade in Italy at the time. And what the Fiat, one of the three marketing directors had been shot dead on the front of the factory, on the steps. So we couldn't go in the factory because they were on strike. So we sat there in this hotel chatting away with Hugh and everybody and eating very nicely. And then I rang the client and said, look, we can't get in. How about if we get a helicopter, takes us over and into the sports track without avoiding the pickets and everything? And he said, Frank, if you wish to die, you can do that. So we couldn't do that. But eventually we did. They let us in. And Hugh shot that extraordinary footage uh, with the music in mind. After spending such a vast amount of time and money on the ad, Frank recalls being nervous before sharing it with his client at Fiat. I got the commercial back. Uh two days before the sales conference in Venice, the client had seen nothing. We'd been at it for months. He'd seen not a thing. And he rang me up again. It's going to be great. Don't worry, Michael. It's going to be really good. Thinking, oh. I flew to Venice to the conference. 500 dealers. And the night before, I took it into the conference room and just showed it on its own to Mike. I said, here it is. 
and it finished showing and he put his arms around me and he burst into tears. And he just said, just thank everybody, it's wonderful. And that was a lovely moment for us all because how awful would it have been? Oh, I don't think I like that actually. The ad was also helped by a creative media buy. For the first time ever, the team at CDP bought the centre two-minute slot during ITV's News at 10. Suffice to say, the ad spend was a success. We could only have enough money to show the Fiat commercial seven times, and yet 80% of the people in the country on recall could recall it after four weeks. It shook the world of advertising. Well, now we're moving on from one industry shaker to another, as we look at another visually stunning ad from the mind of Hugh Hudson. Even though he had achieved great success as a film director, with Chariots of Fire alone winning four Academy Awards, Hugh was still tempted by the lure of directing commercials. In 1989, he was tapped by agency Saatchi and Saatchi to direct an ad for British Airways. I think the angle from looking down on things is unusual. Um, it's no longer like that, but in the, then it seemed to be. Um, and I always filmed things from the air, British Airways especially, it's all from the air. Visually, it was a very good w- way of getting things across. ad was filmed in Utah and features a variety of sweeping aerial shots taking in landscape scenes and scores upon scores of extras coming together to form a face. The operatic music is from Malcolm McLaren and it's called Aria on Air. A group of swimmers, all clad in red and in the formation of a pair of lips, arrive from the shore. Meanwhile, a group dressed in blue and black and formed to look like an eye comes in from the city. An ear-shaped gang of people come from the fields. Eventually, they all come together to form a circular face. This face then winks before turning into a world. At the end of the ad, an announcer says, Every year, the world's favourite airline brings 24 million people together. It took a hell of a lot of preparation to bring the face together. That was very difficult to do because today you'd do it digitally, the whole thing. It wouldn't go. It was a very arduous shoot that because, but not for me because I was sitting in a helicopter, but it was arduous for uh, for the people who were the people who were choreographing the, the, the different f- shape, parts of the face. Yeah, with many, many people involved, and you know, but the, the face coming together at the end must have had 200 people in, and they all had to be choreographed. So there's an enormous amount of preparation, all in the preparation. Those kind of things is only in the preparation, because you can't afford, you know, to make a mistake when you've got all the, the unit there. You just prepare and prepare and prepare. However, the effort was worth it. Yeah, it's a good ad, a very good ad, very effective. Went around the world ran for 10 years, I think, in various places. Very, very popular. and Money well spent, I would say. Cost a fortune. The face advert was on TV for five years 
and watched by roughly 600 million people in 70 countries, showing, like the fiat made by robots ad before it, how powerful and enduring the moving image can be. The History of Advertising podcast was presented by Jack Maggot Phillips and featured contributions from Hugh Hudson and Sir Frank Lowe. The programme was produced by Jane Jarvis and Jack Maggot Phillips. If you're interested in learning more about the ads featured on this programme and the work of the History of Advertising Trust, please visit hatads.org.uk.